Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the JAR. We're glad you're here this morning. And uh, if you would, there's a card in your program that looks like this. It's our Get Connected card. And so if you could uh, pull that out, that'd be great. And if you could fill that out, we'd appreciate it. Uh, You can do that with this card. Or if you want, you also can just go on to the App Store, pull down uh, uh, the JAR Community Church, and we have it uh, on the App Store as well, uh, the Connect card, if you want to fill that out. Hey, um, after the second celebration today, we're going to have First Steps with Chris. And so if you've been connecting for a while and I haven't had a chance to meet you, uh, would love to do that. You can uh, go have brunch uh, or breakfast and then come back. Lunch will be provided, child care will be provided, and uh, we'll be able uh, to celebrate with that as well. Also, uh, in just a couple of weeks, I'm going to be uh, having a baptism class. And so on August 5th, the very first Sunday in August, uh, will be our first baptism class. And so if you've never been baptized before or you've been thinking about it, um, why not get dunked, okay? Uh, this is the one that will be at Prairie Creek, and uh, it will take place uh, on the 19th. And so if you can come and be a part of that, that would be great as well. Well, last week, do you remember that when we were talking uh, specifically about before we come to church, that we should pray for the person who's teaching, and that if we prayed for that person or we prayed for the teaching, that it increases the likelihood of God maybe touching your life. And so I thought we would go ahead and pray for that right now. Let's pray. God, now it's teaching time. And if we haven't been touched by your Holy Spirit yet in this celebration, we pray that something supernatural would happen by the work of your Spirit in these next couple of minutes. We're not going to pay attention to the person teaching today or what he's wearing or what his voice sounds like. But we're going to ask you to help us so that we could receive inspiration and guidance from your word. And if anyone is new to this whole church thing, God, and they're here for the first time, I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would meet them in a special way. Talk to them, encourage them, show them your love. Let them know that they're not here by accident, but you brought them to this place so that you could fill their spirit to let them know that you're proud of them. So come now through your spirit and guide us so that your name would be made great. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, several years ago, uh, my brother bought a brand new bike. And I don't mean the kind that you pedal. I mean the kind that you go really, really fast on. And the type of bike he bought was a Honda VF1000RR. Actually, I don't know what kind it was, but it was something like this, okay? And uh, all I know is that it went really, really fast, and he was really excited to show me this 
particular bike and how fast it was. And so he picked me up and we went out on some country roads. And uh, before we got going too fast, he said, Chris, you'll want to put your hands around my stomach and hold on tight. But I was 16 years old. And, you know, a guy holding another guy around the stomach just wasn't, you know, my cool thing to do. And so it's kind of like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then all of a sudden he gunned it. And I grabbed onto my brother and I hugged him harder than I'd ever hugged him before in my life since then, that, uh, as a matter of fact, also. And he started taking me down these country roads and we were going so fast. We were going a little bit more than what the speed limit kind of was. Now, don't any of you do this, okay? But we were professionals, okay? So, so we knew what we were doing. And just about the time, I was kind of relaxing, holding on to the back of him on this motorcycle, just enjoying myself. He slammed on the brakes, and the bike started skidding sideways. And all of a sudden, it flashed in my mind that I'm going into the ditch, and I'm going to die. And we come up to this country road and we finally stop and he stops it on a dime and then he turns around to me and he's like, wasn't that awesome? Now I had some other words that I wanted to say to him at that point, okay? You can't say those words in church, but I wanted to say them. And I started thinking, he almost killed me right now. But he was so excited about his new bike that he had had and he was so into it. And I looked at him. I said, awesome, man. It was awesome. Now take me home so I can change my pants. Okay? <laughs> now remember that illustration because we're going to come back to it in a little bit. Folks, we're in the middle of a series called Forward in Faith. And the question really is, are you moving forward in your faith? You're here today, so that gives us one sense that you want to do that, and especially as we move forward in chapter 2 of the John. And last week I shared that on Sunday morning, God loves to use this particular time right here to touch people's lives. And that if you're not here, your life can't be touched. Not that it can't be touched by God in another way, but some way He does things supernaturally in unique ways for us when the community gathers together. And that's why it's so important that if you're in Muncie on Sunday, if you're somewhere else, don't worry about it. But if you're in Muncie, Indiana, or you're, you live around here and, and you're home, then be here because God wants to move in your life. He wants to actually do something to touch your life. Now, this Sunday, I don't want to talk about what happens here on Sunday but I want to talk about what happens between Sundays. From Sunday to Sunday, how do you move forward in your faith? Because no matter how great a church kind of gathering is, no matter how the band plays, the teaching is, the funny video, whatever that is, no matter how wonderful that might be, it can't take you to the finish line. So what I want to talk about today is moving forward from Sunday to Sunday during the week. And here's our uh, first kind of fill in the blank. And throughout uh, history, Christians have done this, is to practice my personal spiritual disciplines daily. Now God wants you to practice daily 
some spiritual practices that will impact your life. Now, there are two kind of spiritual uh, disciplines, you might say, or, or two kinds of spiritual practices that involve other things. But here's two ways. The first one is what we call a discipline of abstinence. A discipline of abstinence. It's stuff to stop doing. There's some stuff in our lives that we just need to stop doing. Discipline of abstinence. Okay, back to the story about my brother and his motorcycle. When he slammed on the brakes, he used his right hand on the grip bar to pull back on the brake and his right foot for the back brake, and he stopped us flat on that country road. We had a hard stop when I thought my life was going to end. And similarly, what happens is the Bible actually tells you that there are some things in life that you simply need to slam on the brakes. You need to stop doing some stuff. And the reason is, is because it's impeding your spiritual growth. I mean, if you really want to move forward in faith, folks, there's just some things that you have to stop doing. So let me ask you this morning. What is it in your life, not the person beside you, not the guy on stage, the person sitting in your seat, what are some of the things that you need to stop doing if you're going to move forward in your faith? What are you going to stop doing? Well, Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament, is considered one of Jesus' closest friends. He actually answers this question for us. Like, if we have a question, what's really important is that we get an answer. And Paul actually gives us an answer to this in Galatians chapter 5. And Paul uses sarcasm in this because he did, did that often. It's a, it's a great way to communicate. And his, here's kind of what he says, and then we'll look at the actual scripture. But he's like, hey, folks, he's like, hey, uh, this church that I started in Galatia, you guys know in your heart what you should be stopped doing. You know some of the things that you should stop doing in your life because it's not getting you any closer to God. I mean, it's so obvious. Some of you know exactly what that is. You need to stop doing some stuff. And some of you have been doing some of this stuff for weeks and months and years. And you just need to stop it if you're going to grow closer to Jesus. And Paul's kind of like, it's no big mystery. It's not some big mystery. You don't have to... Figure it out. You don't have to get the eight ball and go, hey, should I do this or not? And kind of see what the answer is. No, 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 no. You already know. You don't need to go get your horoscope. You don't need to do any of that stuff. You know. And so in Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19, he says this. The acts of the sinful nature are what? What's the next word? They're obvious. These are the things you need to stop. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
You know, sometimes people will come up to me and they'll say, I can't understand the Bible, Chris. It's just so vague and unclear. Let me ask you this right now. Is Galatians chapter 5 vague and unclear? No, except for that word debauchery. Because, like, I don't even know what that word means, but it just sounds sinful, doesn't it? Debauchery, you know? Like, I don't know what that is, but you should not be caught in debauchery. And if you are, you should stop it. And if you see me, you should say, Chris, you need to stop that too, okay? Folks, it's not the parts of the Bible that confuse me that keep me up at night. It's not the parts that I don't understand that kind of keep me up at night. You know what the parts of the Bible that keep me up are, uh, keep me up at night are? The ones I clearly understand. The ones that I know without a shadow of a doubt what it means, what it looks like. Those are the things that keep me up and keep me from growing closer because I don't comply with them. I don't want to obey them. It's not that big of a deal. I can take a pass on this. Compared to, you know, Joe who goes to church, I'm a really good guy. So God, you know, and all of a sudden I read something, and it's not those parts, folks, that are confusing that keep me up. It's the parts that I clearly know that keep me up. And so, Paul is right when he says, we all have deep in our hearts like a burden that we know what it is that we need to stop, we need to get rid of, so that we could grow closer in our relationship with God. We need to stop some stuff. Now, the list that you have, the person sitting in your seat, the list that you have is going to be different than my list. And my list is going to be different from the person sitting beside you. But if we don't stop doing some destructive, sinful things, we're never going to go forward and grow spiritually. So, what are some of the things that we need to stop doing? Well, maybe for some of you, it's unforgiveness. You've had unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody in your life. You've gotten angry and bitter and resentful and you keep it to yourself, and other people may not know, but you know. And you've been holding this grudge. And some of you, I know, you've been holding grudges for maybe just weeks, but other for months. Maybe for some people, it's been years. And folks, you're never going to move forward in faith if you don't deal with your unforgiveness. I love this quote by Anne Lamott. She puts it this way. Unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. That's funny, folks. You just haven't figured it out yet. You'll think about it later on. It's like drinking rat poison yourself and waiting for the rat to die. You're the one drinking the poison. Every time you hold on to a grudge, you drink the poison. Every time that you hold on to unforgiveness, you drink the poison. You may say, that's a dirty rat, what they did to me. No, 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 no. You're drinking the poison. And somehow in your mind, you're thinking, oh, the rat's going to die. Do you realize that most of the time... People that you have a grudge against or you have some issue with and you think, oh, I'm going to really, 
they've forgotten about you. They have moved on. They don't think about that. But you keep drinking the rat poison. So, here's my challenge for you. Sometime this week, and some of you won't take it on. You're not going to grow this week. So, just decide right now. I'm not going to do it. But this is what I challenge you to do. Take a clean sheet of paper, take 20 minutes, and then say, God, what's some of the stuff you want me to stop in my life? What is it in my life that you want me to stop? And then you start writing what that list is. What is it that you need to stop? You know, for some of you, it's a place that you need to stop going to. Every single week, you go to this same place, and you go to that place, and you think it's no big deal, but bad stuff happens to you every time you go to that place. Maybe it's on the way home from work. Or maybe it's on a weekend and you go to this place and you don't want people to know that you're there, but you're there. And the longer that you keep going to that place, the more you're going to stay stuck and be paralyzed spiritually. And maybe... In an act of going forward, you could just say when you're listening and you're writing it down, things I'm going to stop doing. One is I'm going to stop going to this one place. Maybe there are some of you that need to stop hanging out with certain people. There are some people in your life that just bring you down all the time and they force you to do things that you wouldn't normally do and you just keep hanging out with them. Maybe you need to stop a grudge. I don't know what it is for you. I only know what it is for me. But I'm telling you, if you don't stop doing some of these things, you will never grow. Let me tell you about one of mine. So at the beginning of the summer, uh, the kids were out of school and I had more time. And so the first thing I'd do when I'd wake up in the morning is I would watch the news. And I don't know if you've ever done this before. You start watching the news. You're like, I'm only going to watch like 10 minutes, you know. And then all of a sudden you start watching more and pretty soon it's like a half hour, an hour, whatever. And you're like, whoa. And uh, when school was in session, I never was at home because I was taking the kids to school. But now all of a sudden I start watching the news again and again and again. And this is what I started noticing. That the more that I watched the news, the time that I spent with God became less and less Less. I just didn't have as much time because the news was important. But you ever notice with news what it really does? It just makes you more anxious. So I'd wake up in the morning, you read the news, all of a sudden you start getting anxious. And you're wondering, but hey, I'm a pastor, I've got to keep up on these things. You know? All of a sudden, this kept happening. And so this week, I never asked you guys to do anything I'm not willing to do. So I said, God, is there anything you want me to stop doing? This is what I sense the Spirit telling me. Stop watching the news. The very first thing in the morning I want you to do is to spend time with me. So don't go to the news first. Go to that. And as I've started to do that, it's amazing. My anxiety level actually has gone down. And the sense of being open to things of God has actually increased in doing that. Now maybe for some of you, you're addicted to something. Sometimes people, when they hear that word addicted, they think, oh, it has to be uh, some kind of drug or something. You know what some of you are addicted to? Gossip. You're addicted to gossip. You're some of the biggest gossips in your workplace. People know it. You tell them you go to church, you know what they think about you? 
they're gossip. That's what they think. Some of you are the biggest liars, too, in your workplace. You wouldn't say it. You'd say, no, 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 it's not me. I, 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 no, no, no. I go to church. Wait. No, 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 no. You have a tendency to twist things around in such a way. And you need to stop it. You need to stop it. Now, some of you are addicted to some things. Drugs, alcohol, porn, other things, food. This would be the week that you'd say, you know what? Summer. I'm stopping it. I'm stopping it. Come to Celebrate Recovery right there. 7 o'clock, Thursdays. Probably one of the healthiest things some of you could do. For me in my life, when I went through step studies, I went through CR at the very beginning, it changed my life. Because I wasn't a victim anymore. I actually worked on Chris. And he had a lot of work and he still has a lot of work to do. So the first spiritual practice is this kind of spiritual abstinence. Stuff I'm going to stop doing. Here's the second thing. The discipline of engagement. What are some of the things that you need to actually start doing? Not stop, but things that you actually need to start doing. Stuff that I need to start doing. Again, back to the motorcycle illustration. My brother didn't just hold on to the brake the whole time. Eventually, he got on the throttle and he turned it. And all of a sudden, we started moving forward. He engaged the throttle and we took off fast down those country roads. Scripture tells us that Christianity is not just about a whole bunch of stop doing, but it's also about start doing some things. And here are some of the spiritual practices that you could engage in to move yourself forward. They're in your uh, insert as well. Personal Bible reading. Prayer. Worship. Worship. Individual worship. That just means you and God worshiping. If you're a horrible singer, God loves your singing. Now, we don't like your singing, but God loves your singing, okay? So, hey, whenever you want, you can spend all that time with him to do that. Fellowship. What we're doing right now. Uh, What you do in the jar cafe. What you do in small groups. A sense of connecting in smaller ways. Celebration. Uh, That one surprises people. I don't know why it is. I, I think it's because somehow we think God just wants us to have no fun. Folks, I don't want to be a Christ follower if I don't have fun. There's no reason. I'd rather do some other religion. But the human heart, folks, you suffer so much ache and hurt every single week and every single month. Your heart aches in different ways. And what happens is God says, I don't want them to stay stuck there, so I want them to celebrate. And so that's why it's important to have meals with really good food and good beverages that you can enjoy and good conversation. This afternoon, a friend of mine, one of my best friends, uh, has invited me and my family to go over to his house and they're going to cook dinner for us and, or lunch for us and we're going to go swimming. And we're not going to do anything except celebrate our friendship and our life. And some of you need to put more of those into your life, times where you simply celebrate. So, take some moments to celebrate. Here's the next thing. Service. When you remove yourself and you serve somebody else in the name of Christ, folks, you're going to grow forward in your faith. Confession of sin. Every single time you confess sin, 
you grow forward in your faith. Because you're not worrying about the past and holding on to those things. You're actually enlightened where you say, God, take my life. I surrender it. God, help me with this area. Now, anybody who engages in these practices, I'm telling you, you're going to move forward in your faith. Guaranteed, if you do these daily on a regular basis, you're going to grow in your faith. How do we know that? Because for thousands and thousands of years, Christ followers have been doing these things. They practice these. And all of a sudden, you see that the church has survived because people practice these disciplines. But there is one of these that I want to talk about for the rest of our time, and it is the one that is the most predictable kind of factor that will help you to grow in your faith. So like all of them are important, but this one, research shows that if you do this, it's the most predictable factor for you growing. And this is our big idea for this morning, and it's this. Daily engagement with the Bible is the most predictable factor for spiritual growth. Not just reading the Bible, but actually engaging with the Bible Research tells us is the most predictable factor for you to grow spiritually. Now, all of these particular disciplines are important. All of them are. The ones for abstinence, engagement, all those things are important. But the number one, if you want to move forward in your faith, folks, is this. Now, there are many good devotions out there that you can be a part of, but God's Word, more than anything else, is that factor that will help you with that. And so let me talk about how reading your Bible is important. One time, Paul, the guy who we actually talked about earlier, was saying goodbye to a church that he had planted. He had pastored this church. He had done everything with this church. And he was leaving them now because he had felt called to go somewhere else. And he loved them very much. And in the final sermon that he gave, this is what he said. I commit you to God's word which will build you up. Let's read these words out loud together all at once. One voice. Let's read it out loud together. I commit you to God's Word, which will build you up. That's what Paul says. He says, this Word, if you will read it, if you will absorb it, if you will apply it to your life, it will actually build you you up. Now the problem with this book right here, folks, is that our culture has basically come and said, oh, that book is a book that is about rules and regulations and don't do this and don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. And I'm not even sure it even means anything before. And there's authorship issues and all that kind of stuff. And so it's a don't book. And it's a book about judgment. It will beat you down if you read it. And this week, in one of my quiet times, I was just thinking that this book, or the Bible, is not a book that beats people down. It's actually a love letter that builds people up. It's not a book that beats people down. It's actually a love letter that builds people up. Your love letters, when you get a love letter, some of you haven't had a love letter in a while, okay? You need to get some. 
But when you get a love letter, does it beat you up or does it build you up? Some are like, I don't know, I've had some letters before. Woo. Well, most of the time they build you up, right? It's like, I love you, you're awesome, you're wonderful. Jennifer used to write so many, I finally had to say, honey, you know what, just no more, I got enough. And what do we do with our love letters? Remember when you were a teenager, you had like a little box or you had a place and you put them all there? And folks, I'm telling you, that's what God's word is to you. It's to be treasured, to be read, to look back at because it speaks love into your life. Now, let me ask you this. If your Bible is going to get read, who's going to read it? No, no, not me. I can't read your Bible. Who's going to read your Bible? Everybody say it with one voice. Who's going to read your Bible? Me. Yeah, like if your Bible's going to get read, folks, I can't read your Bible for you. You have to read it yourself. A few years ago, uh, very early on when we were starting the church, a guy who was in his 50s, I was in my uh, early 30s, he was in his 50s, he, he came into my office and he said, I'm leaving the church. Now I'm telling you, as a pastor, you never want to hear those words, okay? Especially when you're just a small little church just trying to make it. And so I did the best pastoral care that I could, and I said, well, why are you leaving? And this is what he said. Because I'm not getting fed around here. Now, my two daughters, most of you know, I have two, Jordan and Shiloh. When they were little tiny babies and they were like one year old, we we actually had to feed them ourselves. I think we have some pictures uh, of them. Okay, We We had to feed these kids ourselves. And it was fun to feed them, like we enjoyed feeding them. It was our parent duty. It was glad. But let's go forward now. They're 11 and 9 years old, and let's say that they came to me one day, and they're real skinny and puny and scrawny, and they walked up to me and they said, Dad, I'm just not getting fed around here anymore. What do you think I would tell them? Feed yourself. Feed yourself. There's a refrigerator right there. Go as many times as you want. We'll keep buying the food, but go feed yourself. And this guy who is 50 years old, who comes in and says, I'm leaving. This is what I told him. I said, you're over 50 years old. You've been a Christian for decades. And you know so much. I I don't want to be rude, but I'm just telling you. You need to feed yourself. That's what you need to do. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you're not getting fed, guess what? You're not feeding yourself. You need to have a daily time where you sit at the feet of Jesus and you feed on these words and you allow his spirit to speak into your life now some of you might say well bunch you might think that that's important to do but i don't you do it's important for you but it's your pastor boy but it's important for you but it's not important for me well actually folks 
I'm not saying it's important. Jesus actually said it was important. There's a story in which there are two, series, uh, two sisters, Mary and Martha. And they're at this house and they're, they've invited Jesus to come. And Martha is scurrying and hurrying and she's cooking and she's cleaning and she's doing everything to get ready. And her sister, Mary, you know what she was doing? She was just sitting at Jesus' feet, not doing anything. And finally, Martha's like sweating to death. You know, like the armpits, you know, are like, you know, full and the sweat's coming down. And she comes up to Jesus and she's like, Jesus, look at my lazy sister. Would you please tell her to actually help me do something? That's my paraphrase. And look at how Jesus responded. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one... How many things are needed? How many? One thing is needed. Mary has... What's the next word? Chosen. She actually chose something. Mary has chosen... What is, what's the next word? It's actually better. And it will not be taken away from her. Folks, the engagement to this love letter is essential if you're going to move forward in faith. So feed yourself. Don't wait till Sunday because you're going to starve to death. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get anxious and worried and overwhelmed and other things because you're not feeding yourself. So don't wait till Sunday to get fed. Feed yourself during the week. You know, it's amazing that if you just take 15 minutes, but you do it every single day, how it has an effect. And this is how I know it works. Professional athletes who are basketball players, do you think they just shoot the basketball on game day? No. Have you ever heard about uh, Stephen Curry's workout? He'll, he'll sometimes shoot 3,000 shots per day. 3,000. He just keeps shooting the ball, shooting the ball, shooting the ball, shooting the ball. Okay. Uh, football players. Do they just lift weights when they need to? No. You see Andrew Luck? I'm hoping for a good year, Okay. He looks buff. I hope he can throw the ball. But he just does that. Golf, professional golfers. Do you think they just practice on their swing stroke one time? Hey, man, got tournament this week? No, no, no. Every single day, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. How about musicians? Do concert pianists do anything every single day? What do concert pianists do every single day? You don't know things that I know. What do they do? Scales. Major scales. Minor scales. They do the scales every single day. And the scales are boring and they're horrible. And you don't want to do it, but they do it all the time so that when there's a difficult thing that is a difficult piece, they know how to do it. I took piano my senior year in college. you know why? Because I needed a half credit. And you know what they made me do every single day? Scales. And I hated scales. And you know what I had to finally do? I had to quit the class. Because I didn't want to do my scales. 
Now, what do you think, what kind of piano player do you think I am today? I stink. Chopsticks. Can't do it at all. Because I stopped. And this is what happens, folks. When you don't do something daily, when hard things come into your life, you don't have the discipline to know how to work through that. Now, how many of you believe that God knows what's going to happen to your life tomorrow? How many of you believe that? Okay, let's go. How many of you believe that God knows what's going to happen to your life next week? How many of you? Okay. How many of you believe that God knows what's going to happen to your life next month? Just raise your hand. Okay. How many of you know what's going to happen four hours from now? Exactly. Don't raise your hand. Because you don't. You have no idea what's going to happen to your life. And because the Bible is such a wisdom book that gives wisdom to your life, when you read it, the Holy Spirit will highlight things so that when something happens tomorrow or next week or next month and you're doing it regularly, all of a sudden you'll remember in your mind, oh yeah, I remember when I was reading that and okay, I'm not going to get so overwhelmed. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get so uptight about this particular thing. Now people will come up to me all the time and this is what they say, but reading the Bible, it takes so much time. Just takes too much time. I don't have time. Folks, let me tell you this. This is very true. The Bible does not take time. It saves time. It does not take time. It saves you time. How do I know this? First year I was married to my lovely bride, Jennifer. We were separated by location. She lived here in Muncie. I lived in Lafayette. We lived two hours apart from each other. And uh, it was a lonely time. We only saw each other on weekends, and as a pastor, weekends are pretty tight. So, I mean, it was just like a few hours that we actually got to connect. And I remember during that year, uh, I read the story of Joseph, which is in Genesis. And I read this story, and uh, a couple weeks later, this woman called the church office and said, hey, I'd like to have some counseling from Pastor Chris. And so my secretary set it up. She came there at 4 o'clock. She was struggling with her marriage. Very attractive woman, very kind, kind of flirty. She was there, and, and I just read the story of Joseph. You may not know the story of the Joseph, but let me tell you about it. So Joseph has this woman who is married, but she likes Joseph, and she doesn't like her husband so well. And so she starts flirting with him and starts kind of getting him to be open to things of her, her name, uh, she doesn't even have a name, they just called her Potiphar's wife. And uh, she's flirting with Joseph, and all of a sudden, uh, she starts making the move on him, and he runs away. A grown man running away from a woman. And I remember reading this when I was 23 years old, just got married, and I read this story, and I started laughing at Joseph. I'm like, he is such a whooped little pup. He's running away from that temptation. I will never have that temptation at all. So she called. She came at 4 o'clock. We had our counseling session. This is before I have a lot of boundaries. Now I don't, I don't meet with anyone one-on-one in a building. 
I always have someone there. But back in those days, I was young and dumb. I didn't know. And uh, so she came back at 4 o'clock the next day, but there was no appointment. But she wanted to talk more. And, you know, being a good pastor, I wanted to talk to her. And this went on for days and days and weeks and weeks. And then one day, we were in the, the staircase of the church. It was a small little tiny church, and we're in the staircase. And she gives me a hug, and, man, it felt good. Because I hadn't seen my wife, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, I could do anything just for a moment of temptation. I could do anything I wanted right now, and no one would have to know. And I'm in this staircase, and I look down the staircase, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see Joseph. And Joseph is like, come here! Come here! And I literally pushed this woman away from me, and I ran down the stairs. I ran across the basement. I went back up the basement steps, ran across to the parsonage, got in the parsonage, closed the door, locked the door down, and I went back to my Bible, and I opened it up, and I said, God, talk to me. You know who saved my marriage that first year? Joseph. Had I not read about Joseph, my life may have been very different. And I'm so grateful for the discipline of reading about the mentors of the Bible. Because I'm telling you folks, reading the Bible does not waste time. It actually saves you time. And divorce, and money, and all kinds of other stuff that could have affected my world. So, what are we going to do when we have this moment with Jesus and we open up his love letter to us? What are we going to do? Well, the thing is, you have to bring some things to this encounter. I I can't help it, but you have to. If you're going to sit at the feet of Jesus, you have to bring some things. Now, we're going to talk about some of the things that you need to bring if you're going to engage the Bible and grow closer to Christ. The very first thing, don't put it up yet, guys. The very first thing that you need to bring is what? What do you need to bring? We just talked about it for the next 25 minutes. What do you need to bring? This. Bring your love letter, okay? If you don't have one, go to the resource center. If you can't go and get one there, come to the office and steal one off of my shelf. It's okay. God won't hurt you on that, okay? Get the word. Okay, here's the second thing that you need to bring. You want you need to bring a pen. You need to actually bring a pen so that when you're reading God's word, if there's something there that you need to be highlighted, the Holy Spirit's going to highlight it, and then it's okay to underline it. Now, people will say all the time, I remember this as a kid, people would say, don't write in your Bible. The Bible is holy. No. You know what this is? Paper. Paper that has ink on it. This right here, folks, I just want you to know, this right here is not holy. You know what becomes holy? When this gets in here. When this gets in here, then it's holy. People can read this all the time, and it doesn't set them apart. That's what that word holy means. It doesn't set them apart to do anything. It's when here gets in here. So you bring a pen. 
and you write it down. Here's the next thing. A reading plan. Uh, I've had a reading plan since I was 22 years old. I just figure out some kind of plan of something I'm going to read for whatever time it is. Now, some of you are like freaking out. I don't have a reading plan. Guess what? We have one for you. In fact, we have multiple ones for you. You just go to the resource table, and we have one. If you've never done this before, before the end of the summer, you could read one book of the Bible just by taking 15 minutes a day, and it's the book of Luke. And you get to learn about the stories of Jesus, and it could guide and change your life. So you have a reading plan. Now, some of you already have a reading plan, but this is what I know about some of you, too. You have a reading plan. You're not working the plan. You haven't worked the plan. You took the summer off. God's like, why are they taking the summer off? I haven't changed. No, 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 no. You have a plan. Work the plan. Start the plan tomorrow. Say, I'm going to do the plan. Okay? Now, last thing you need is a journal. Now, a journal's not a diary. Because guys will never do a diary. They're like, I'm not going to do a diary. It's not a diary. It's a journal. It's just writing down some thoughts. You can just get a journal, use it, and I'm going to show you a way that you can do this very quickly. You simply write down an acrostic called SOAP, okay? Because you want to get clean. You want to get better than you were the day before. Here's the first uh, kind of thing that we'll talk about. Now, now people will say this all the time, but Chris, when I read the Bible, I don't understand 90% of it. That's fine. You know what you need to write on? The 10% you do know. You don't have to worry about everything, just what you do get. So the S stands for Scripture. Let's say that you're reading a Scripture that has been highlighted to you. Maybe it's the one in Matthew chapter 10. All this is in uh, your uh, program as well. If you didn't get one, you can get one when you walk out. Jesus said this in Matthew 10. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear... Proclaim upon the housetops. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll read and I'll just write down one verse. I write it down. Then the O stands for observation. You simply make an observation about the scripture. Not all the verses, just like one of the verses. Like here, Matthew 20, uh, chapter 10, 27. And here's the observation I made. It says in this verse, God is speaking... So the question is not, God, are you speaking? The question is, am I listening? And that's the observation I made. Here's the next one. A stands for application. How do I actually apply this? You write something down that you're going to actually do. Because if you have wisdom but you don't do anything with it, it makes you unwise. Here's, here was mine kind of application. Lord, if I'm listening to you in the darkness, what in the world am I speak if I'm not listening to you in the darkness, what in the world am I speaking to you in the light? And if you're not hearing your whisper, if I'm not hearing your whisper into my ear, what in the world have I been telling others? I'm going to take some time today to listen, deposit wisdom in my soul, and I move forward in faith. Last thing. So, scripture observation application. Finally, prayer. You just write a short prayer back to God. Maybe just one or two sentences. Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to me, your servant. My ears are open, my eyes to drop into my heart wisdom that I'm going to need for the coming month 
so I can go forward in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, you'll never realize how important this is if you do this each day. Last thing you need. You need a separate piece of paper that is not your journal. Now, the reason you need this is because inevitably, while you're sitting with Jesus, all of a sudden, there's going to be something that pops into your mind like this. Milk. 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 She said, don't you bring your butt home unless you bring milk for the kids. And then you're like, oh man, i got to make sure I get milk. My wife's upset. And then you don't do anything, though. You just keep thinking, oh, I'll remember it. So milk, 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 milk. Jesus, light, darkness, milk. Milk, Jesus, Jesus, do you need milk? Is that what I don't remember? No, no, no. You just write it on a piece of paper, and you put that paper over there, and then when all of a sudden you start hearing milk, 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 you go, stay. And you don't have to worry about it. If anything else comes up later in the day, you can do that too. Okay, I kind of forgot the things. The first thing I bring to this encounter is what? What is it? Bible. The second thing I bring is what? A pen. The third thing I bring is what? A reading plan that you can take. And the fourth thing, what is it? Yeah, a journal that you're going to write down. And then the fifth thing is what? Yeah, a piece of paper that you write in. So this is how we're going to close. This is what I know. I just gave you all the information, but this is what I know. If you don't have a place where you're going to do this, Tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, you won't do it. So we're going to just take a moment for you to ask God, just 30 seconds, God, where do you want me to meet with you tomorrow? What is it, God, that you want, where do you want me to meet each day this week? Just try it this week. Where do you want me to meet? Now, what's really important is that it's a comfortable place that you meet. So if you have a favorite chair in your house, the lazy boy, whatever, take that, be quiet, and have a moment. If you're a person that likes to go to Starbucks or a restaurant, you're, you're better when there's activity going around. Find a booth and just make that booth your place. Maybe it's your backyard. You have a nice tree there. You like to go. You like to be in nature. Go get a lawn chair, sit under there. That's your place. Maybe it's the car seat or the truck seat that you're in. You go to work and you're always usually there early anyways. Why don't you take 15 minutes just to say, here's my space, here's my place. I'm going to meet with God. I don't know what place you need to pick, but I'm asking you right now to simply ask this question. God, where do you want me to meet with you each day this week? So we're going to turn off the lights and we're just going to give you 30 seconds for you to ask that question. God, where do you want me to meet with you this week?
Okay, got your place? Know where you're going to be? Let's pray. God, I pray that you've given a place, a chair, a favorite spot for people to be in. If they don't have one, God, I pray that before the end of this day, they would ask you about that. In fact, God, I I guess I've got to pray a bold prayer that if they don't ask you, if they don't have a place tomorrow, don't let them sleep tonight, God. Make, make their night horrible. I mean, just just horrible. But ask them, God, really, where's that place? And they could try tomorrow. God, your word is living and active, and it can stir stuff up in us, both to stop and to start. And so, God, your Bible is powerful, so would you help us to read it starting tomorrow? listen to your voice, and if we've been doing this, God, just to pour more into our lives. And I pray that you would do this so that your name would be made great and lives would be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to accept Christ, today we have a table waiting for you in the back corner. We would love to pray with you and help you make that decision, so I encourage you to stop over there after the celebration today. Um, So Chris had mentioned your Connect card. It looks like this. Go ahead and pull that out. Um, We'll receive an offering here in just a minute. We just want to stay connected with you and stay in touch with you. So that's what this is for. You can fill it out by hand or on the app either way. And um, on the back, there's the area for prayer requests, and we pray for those each week. Um, So just make sure and fill that out. Um, And then you can also check I Accepted Christ today if you go back to the table or if you just say that prayer uh, silently today. Um, One thing that we're really excited about is we're doing kids' camp, like we do every year, but we're really amped about it this year. Um, It's going to be July 22nd through the 26th, and um, there's a lot of information about that in your program, but we actually still need some volunteers for that. We only need about 10 people, um, but we just want um, you to make that commitment if you're willing. Um, And you don't have to commit the whole time, like every day of the week. You can even just do like an hour or something like that. Um, So any time is flexible with that, but we just need more people to help um, take care of our kids and have fun with them and do games and teach and all that good stuff. Um, So if you're interested in doing that and volunteering and you haven't done that already, um, go ahead and check the blue box on the top of your Connect card, and our JAR Kids director will contact you this week and give you the details about that. So um, at this time, we're going to receive an offering. I'm going to invite the greeters to come forward. If you are new here, we're not interested in that. Just stick your Connect card in the uh, bag. If you call the jar your church home, we just ask that you would give as uh, God has given to you and so that we can bless others with that. So bow your heads with me, please. Lord God, thank you for today, and thank you for all the blessings that you give us. Um, Thank you that your word is strong and it's our truth, Lord. I just pray that we would each um, grow closer to you through that. And I pray right now for the offering that um, you would use it to help spread your love in the community, God. Just give discernment to those who are um, collecting it, Lord, and um, just help us to love like you loved. And thank you for who you are. Amen. All right, so one more thing about Kids Camp. At the end of the week, um, we're having a family fun day. So Kids Camp is um, Sunday through Thursday, and then that Friday, the 27th, we're having a family fun day, and that's in conjunction with um, JAR Kids and then the Parent Connection. We're going to have a lot of really fun stuff here from 6 to 8, and it's a free event. 
So we will have um, a bounce house here in the gym. The kids are going to be able to use the pool. And then we'll have, like, crafts and some different information upstairs. We'll also have a panel of some teachers um, to answer back-to-school questions, like about IEPs or just about general um, school stuff. We're also doing a backpack giveaway. Um, So we're getting backpacks full of school supplies, and we're going to do drawings for those. So make sure and mark your calendar for that. There's more information in the program. And then also invite people. It's totally free. So people that maybe aren't connected or maybe need some supplies, um, tell them about that, and we would love to um, have some fun with them. If you're new here and you haven't had a chance um, to stop by, we have our guest connections table in the corner. We have a free gift for you, no strings attached. We just want to give you that gift, and there's a Bible in there and um, just a free gift for you. So make sure and stop over there. Um, One thing that we'll be talking a little bit about next week is the Jamaica trip, the team that just got back uh, last week. And um, today we are just asking that each person give $2.00. So um, at the back, there's like a container that you can just drop your $2 in when you walk out. And what that does is it helps fund kids um, that are underprivileged in Jamaica. It helps pay for like their books, schooling, um, busing, things like that. So you'll really be touched next week when you hear the story of everything that happened in Jamaica and how some of our team got to meet um, some of those students that we helped fund. So make sure and do that um, on your way out, or you can also give on the app with that. One last announcement, parking on the 29th, so that's not next Sunday, but the Sunday after, it's, um, or not parking, the streets are going to be a little um, messed up. Well, they're going to be closed. So there's a bike fest in Muncie, um, and it's a really cool thing that they have, but um, one of the streets will actually be closed, and that's Mulberry. So that's the one that comes off of the roundabout. So you'll have to just come to the Y on Jefferson Street. So um, if that doesn't make sense to you, don't worry. We have a map that we'll put in the program next week. Um, But just wanted to give you a heads up if you're trying to figure out your route. I know how some of you drive, so you might want to start figuring it out (laughs) now. Um, All right, so if you need prayer for anything, we'll have a prayer team up here. Please uh, feel free to come up, and we'd be happy to pray with you. Okay, well, like she said, if you'd like prayer for anything, there'll be folks on uh, both sides of the screen to pray with you. Uh, Let's stand for uh, closing prayer. Um, You got your place? Got your place tomorrow? Okay. And then tomorrow when you spend time with God, uh, you need to bring a what? What's the first thing? Bible. Bible. Okay. The second thing you're going to bring is what? A pen. Third thing is what? Reading plan of some kind. Fourth thing, what? Journal. And last thing is what? A piece of paper so you can say, no, I'm not going to allow milk to affect my life. And uh, if you do this each day this week, I'm telling you folks, you are going to grow in some amazing ways. And uh, again, uh, if you haven't been to First Steps, uh, we'd love to meet you there. Have a great week, guys. Know you're loved in this place. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks.